Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Nancy Davis, a force of feminine energy and power. Nancy was diagnosed with MS 31 years ago, and as we're going to hear, Nancy did not take that news well at all. She decided to search for answers and for help, and thus founded Race to Erase MS that is dedicated to the treatment and ultimate care of multiple sclerosis. Of the 1 million persons that are diagnosed, 70% are women, with most being helped by the research funded by the foundation, which has a nationwide collaboration of physicians and scientists that do the work. Let's meet Nancy to hear her story. Nancy Davis, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. It's so nice to be with you and to meet you. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity to have a conversation with you. You're just such an amazing and inspiring woman. I, Your story is something that uh, I think makes all of us want to be better people. So, and, and a big part of this is comes from something that was like a not great diagnosis at all. You were diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, 30 years ago. Right. So actually 31 years ago, I was diagnosed. And at the time, I was a mom of three children. And uh, they told me that I had a disease that the most I could look forward to in my life is to operate the remote control of my TV set that I would never walk again or be a very functioning person. And it, it just struck me down at this moment when I had so much to accomplish and to do in my life. And the idea of sitting, you know, home all day, you know, perhaps watching soap operas was probably the most unappealing uh, life that I, I could have had planned for me. It wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And I was fortunate, however, that I could go get second opinions from some great doctors in the country and figure out, you know, what what my MS was. I was hoping if I went to enough doctors that somebody, in fact, would tell me I didn't have MS because I was hoping to live live the world of denial in that moment. Um, I went to some great centers around the country. They all confirmed I had MS, but it was very fascinating to me that all the best of the best doctors in our country were doing identical research as each other, and they knew that they were the only one doing that study. Um, but they were doing the same thing at Harvard that they were doing at Yale, that they were doing at the Cleveland Clinic, that they were doing at Johns Hopkins, that they were doing at USC, that they're doing at UCLA. And, you know, it, it just set up an alarm in my head. I'm like, my gosh, uh, they're telling me I have this most unpopular disease that's impossible to ever find a cure or treatment for. But it just seems like there's a big loophole here where the doctors are not communicating or talking to each other. And I obviously don't want to have this be the fate of my life. I have three little kids, and that's the most important thing in my life is to take care of my three children and raise them and not have them take care of me, which was what I was told. So I put together a team of people called the Center Without Walls. It was virtual before its time, some 30 years ago. And we do a fundraiser every year called the Race to Erase MS. And um, we've raised, um, gosh, almost $50 million over many, many years. And we've put into really important basic science research with what we consider the best of the best doctors, where they can never duplicate research. They have to communicate every month on every study that they're finding. So it's it's great building blocks to share with all these other doctors so that they won't spend the same amount of money, time, and energy over and over again to end up with the same result. And one out of 10... Um, studies makes it, but the other nine, stu- nine out of ten studies don't make it. So the bad is as important as the good, and it's important that people are communicating. And so that's kind of what we've done since day one. 
And it's exciting today that there's now 25 drugs on the market to help stop the progression of MS, which is really nothing short of a miracle. Um, um, people are getting diagnosed every day, and now there's so many wonderful things that you can tell them to try. Not, it's never one size fits all. You have to get the right medication for your particular MS. But it is a miracle that these exist today, and so many people are living a, a very different quality of life. I've talked to so many people who've gone from even being in a wheelchair for a long time to walking and to being independent and having a, you know living their dreams and doing the things they always wanted to do. Um, so it's very rewarding. Um, we're not at the finish line yet because ours is the race to erase MS. We want to cross that finish line and find a cure for MS, and that will be a great victory for us. But there's 15% of the people that have MS have um, uh, PPMS, primary progressive MS, and uh, it's harder to treat that than it is the other 85% of the people that have relapsing or emitting MS, which is what I have. So we're trying to find, um, you know, definitely more medications and more things to help that and how to remyelinate. And there's, there's still, you know, definitely a ways to go. And there's a lot of people, that, you know, have, you know, different types of MS. We, we really want to find a, a cure for so many. But it's, it's exciting today that there are this many medications and there's so much on the horizon. Uh, it wouldn't be possible if we w didn't do these events every year. And so we have our big race to erase MS coming up on June 2nd at the Century Plaza Hotel in California. And um, it's going to be a really fun evening. We always have the most fun evenings. And um, we have Flo Rida performing, who I adore. And Saida Garrett is also singing. And Thelma Houston's doing something as well. And then uh, the following day, we have our amazing eight uh, centers, these doctors from all over the country, who will do a presentation. And it's, it, we have a thing at 10 o'clock the following day at the Century Plaza Hotel. It's the Fairmont Century Plaza Hotel, where people can come to this event. And they can also uh, come to it virtually and listen to these insanely brilliant um, research scientists who have so much that's coming through the pipeline uh, they will tell you everything that's the latest that's going on, and um, there's so much to learn, and so much is evolving so fast, and so they will be there the next day. So that's uh, on June the 3rd, it's sat on Saturday at 10 a.m. at the Fairmont Century Plaza, and that's a, a really exciting thing to go to. And and on that one, I mean, you've said a ton of amazing, th interesting things here, Nancy. But in terms of then being able to tune into the virtual event with these doctors, if we go to the uh, uh, race to erase MS, yeah. If you go to erase MS e r a s e m s dot org o r g, um, there'll be different things if people want to still buy tickets to come to the event on June 2nd, which is going to be the most fabulous event ever. It will be epic. <laughs> or if they wish to go the following day, which is free the following day, um, they can go there and they can sign up to, to get this virtually to watch it, or they can go in person to the Fairmont and it's, it's good to register, you know, either way. Um, what's great. Sometimes if you're there in person, then you can ask questions of these doctors and they're, they're flying in from all over the country from, Harvard, from Yale, from Johns Hopkins, from uh, well, they're from USC, UC San Francisco, um, the Oregon Health Science University. There's such brilliant doctors, and um, it's sometimes really great to hear it from the horse's mouth. And sometimes you have a personal question. It's nice to be able to you know engage and ask ask that doctor too, which can be a, a wonderful fund of information. What I am just in awe of is that you, at the time that you received the diagnosis, you were saying. 
uh-uh, this is not going to work for me, but that you were able to connect these various hospitals and doctors doing research and, and see that something needed to be done and were able to create uh, the center without walls. I, that is just really mind-blowing. Oh, thank you. It was just one of those things that had to happen. It's really important. Well, it, it is, uh, without question, but it wasn't being done. But along, it, it came this woman who said, you can't tell me I'm not going to have my little babies to take care of uh, all these years, uh, you know, going forward. Uh, t- to see that and to do something about it, I mean, that is power. Thank you. Well, you know what? You you get thrown in a situation, and you you just it comes out of nowhere. And we all have to figure out what are we, how are we going to survive this? We have one life in in front of us, and how are we going to make it work for us? And uh, what I was told was not um, the correct thing. I should have been told, but a lot of people don't question doctors. I think they're people are very afraid to question their doctors. They they feel very uncomfortable with that, and so. Um, I felt it was really important um, to get the best of the best and to get some knowledge because I had this disease that um, everybody was sort of ashamed to have and talking in hushed tones about it, and it was it was really upsetting. So um, I, I've learned to sort of embrace my MS, and it's not you know, the best thing that ever happened to me, but it's it's changed my life in so many ways. And I at that moment I didn't know you know what my life was going to be and. Today, it's actually much better. It's, it's a much better life. Well, it and, sounds like really an amazing life because you're making such a difference, of course, in your own life, which is key. But look at the lives that you are impacting, the the tens of thousands of people, most of whom are women with this diagnosis, the, the change that you are granting them in their life as well. Well, thank you so much. We, you know, we're doing the best we can, but it's, uh, I do this with a lot of people, and everybody's been, we have such a great support system. We really do. We have this, the great Hollywood community of, of actors and different people has been so supportive of helping us in so many ways, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's really a pleasure. And uh, we, we couldn't be where we are today. So this year it's 30 years, which is, you know, uh, quite a milestone. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe... Um, We've been doing it for so long, but there's so much to celebrate and be excited about. And there's definitely more on the horizon that needs to be celebrated and that we need to deal with. But it's it's really kind of a, a thrilling uh, a thrilling time. And evidently, or you had these connections, so you were able to just. Uh, let's say, work that, and people were willing. They could see your vision. You were able to impart that uh, to to make this happen. Uh, it, you know, you could have, I guess, but people do say, oh, you know, it's just too much work. I guess I'll just, you know, go with well, what they sometimes say. sometimes it's, it's very intimidating because we, you know, we, are, we let our doctors sometimes play God for us, and um, it's just, you know, it's it's not okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And so can you tell us, Nancy, when you first uh, went to the doctors 31 years ago, what was going on in your life uh, physically that you thought that uh, something was wrong? I had had a ski accident. And three weeks later, um, I had tore my knee up. I tore my ACL. I had a knee brace on. Three weeks later, I woke up and I lost the feeling in three fingertips on my right hand. 
And then three days later, I lost the feeling of my entire right hand. And then three days later, I lost the feeling in the three fingertips of my left hand. And then three days later, I lost the feeling of my whole hand. So I, I called my doctor, my orthopedic doctor, and I said, I think this knee brace is hitting some sort of nerve and cutting my, my, my feeling off. I, I, everything is numb, and it just keeps getting worse. And he said, no, I think you need to go to a neurologist. I'm like, well, why, don't I, why would I need to go to a neurologist? I, why is one doctor going to blame me and the other? It didn't make any sense to me at that, in that moment. And so a few days later, then I, I started losing my eyesight, and then my stomach lost all the feeling. Then I did go to the doctor because uh, I kept losing feeling everywhere. It was just really bizarre. It just wasn't painful, but it was, it was very alarming in that you couldn't feel anything. And I went and had an MRI, and I was actually diagnosed quite fast because most people, it takes a long time to get the correct diagnosis. But I, I went to this uh, neurologist, and they, they ordered an immediate MRI, and that's what came up. And I, I was told I had MS, which I, I, I had a very bad vision of what MS was in that moment. Um, and I, I couldn't imagine that that was what my life was all of a sudden. And I went to a doctor who told me there was really nothing I could do, that I should just go home and go to bed, and um, that, uh, you know, I, I could uh, operate the remote control on my TV set. I'm like, well, that's not exactly the life I I had planned. And um, I started doing a lot more research after that first diagnosis. And, um, you know, I, I went to many doctors, again, hoping somebody would tell me I didn't have MS. But learned along the way that there was a better prognosis than what he had told me that was to just go home and, and be nothing and do nothing, and uh, my life was not going to be much. Um, I had so many, you know, hopes and dreams and desires, and all of a sudden I, I became very involved in uh, multiple sclerosis. I, I did everything I could to educate myself from talking to the best doctors in the country and reading everything I could. At that time, though, there was not a lot with the Internet, and people would, you know, even friends of mine were going to the library and Xeroxing, you know, pages of, of things so that I could digest them and read them and learn more about my, my disease. And there was no known cause, no cure, no drugs on the market in that moment at all, and very little hope that there ever would be. And I figured, you know, that that only exists because somebody isn't working very hard. We have to, we have to, we have to switch that up because there's obviously a lot of other people that have this disease, and that this, these answers are not working really well. So, cut to today, there's there's 25 drugs on the market. It's actually become a popular disease in that um, there's there's hope for a, a cure and medications and different ways and there's many varieties of you know what what can help treat you yeah and when you say that about being a popular disease i i know that that plays into it too that sometimes the investment isn't made if enough people aren't affected and i mean i i understand and yet sometimes that just you know is is just so demoralizing no it's very true but i mean it it, it shouldn't be you know we we don't choose diseases they they choose us and uh you know it's, it's kind of a miserable thing to you know have a disease but it's uh, now it's it's kind of interesting in that you there's there's the hope of a, a great future. Oh well, yes, because you certainly aren't aren't wheelchair bound or bound to your house. Look at all that you're doing, uh, and and f- being involved with this incredible uh, organization that is raising funds and awareness for MS. Right, and I also started another charity. Uh, my 
my I lost my son Jason. He'd had yes. an addiction problem, and he came to me one day, and he goes, "Mom," uh, and he always helped me on race to race and since he was a little baby. He really cared so much about it, was really resourceful and helpful. And he came to me one day, and he said, "You know, I have a disease called addiction." And there's no medications on the market that are helping. And nobody's done any research for 20 years at all. And you and I are going to start another charity called Cure Addiction Now. And we're going to uh, come up with some, you know, we're going to fund basic science research and and come up with some ways of stopping the cravings because addiction is all about the cravings, what your brain is telling you. And he goes, we have to do something. I know so many other people who are not as fortunate who can't ever even afford to get sober. They can't afford to detox or anything. And we need to find equitable ways of treating everybody. And so that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I can't imagine taking another charity on because I don't, I don't have any time as it is. So anyway, I did. And we formulated it. It took a couple of years to even find the right amount of doctors to to fund because there was so little research. For 20 years, no, no research had gone on. So started doing that we found the best team of doctors and jason was so incredibly happy and proud and we had our first meeting in new york we'd gotten our 501c3 we had a great group of doctors put together and uh, unfortunately four months later he passed away which is horrible at the beginning of covid and uh, he definitely you know his life had been plagued by being an addict and he said you know here he spoke with the doctors and he said here's the truth it, it comes from your head. Your brain is telling you to do this. The cravings are intense, and that's the thing that gets everybody. You can you know, do all these other things, but it comes down to this. We need to understand from a scientific um, viewpoint what we can actually do to help stop that. So I'm um, working on that charity now, and we, we have something called Cure Addiction Now. We're funding uh, 14 studies right now and uh, having some great results. So we're kind of really excited about that as well. Well, and I'm excited about that one along with you because we see uh, when we're in these in our larger communities I think even small communities but regardless we see what addiction is doing to so many people it's the leading cause of death in our country and we kind of ignore it for no reason Um, we have to sit up and say this is what's happening and um, like fentanyl is coming in every day over our borders, and there's so many, so many having to little kids who are not addicts at oh, all. Yes. They're just in the crossfire of, of trying something for the first time, getting it on Snapchat or whatever, and they're they're dying. And it is, I mean, there, there's it's just terrifying the the numbers. Before COVID, one person used to die every 11 minutes of an opiate overdose. And, and now it's one person every 90 seconds. Uh, it, is, it has magnified and gotten so much worse, and we, we have to do everything we can. We need to educate everybody. And, you know, people, you know, buying any sort of illegal drug, any drug you buy that's not in a drugstore, you can assume that 98% of those are laced with fentanyl. And fentanyl is the equivalent of you having 50 to 100 shots of heroin, um, I don't know too many people whose bodies can withstand that. It's 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 a terrible thing. So we're we're working on that um, disease as well, and we're we're copying the idea of the center without walls of having the best of the best doctors work as a team monthly, which we did for Race to Race MS and for um, Cure Addiction Now. And the idea is that they will collaborate, communicate um, on everything, good and bad. Um, negative research is as important as positive research, so that you learn something from every study you do when you're conducting it. Um, 
you might learn that a dose of a drug is too high or too low or has a side effect when, you know, given it with another compound that offsets it. And there's so much information to grab from every study. So we, we really insist that all of our doctors have to communicate on everything good and bad. And that's how we're getting ahead a lot quicker with finding medications, cures, and getting FDA-approved uh, drugs to, on the market to really genuinely help people. And without question, you are helping so many people because of taking a vision and just not taking no for an answer. And even when you knew you had so much to do, but Jason wanted you to to work on this, you you went forward and now you're still carrying it on and, and making it grow. It, it really shows the power of one individual with belief. what you can do that's so nice of you to say that it's a lot of work but i don't have a choice um i have to do this and i i keep hearing my son uh, speaking in my ear even though he's not here anymore on on the earth but i i i feel his energy pushing me to you know jump and over leaps and bounds over everything and and make this happen because it's so incredibly important it has to happen oh yes both of your charitable organizations making such a difference with the the addictions though it's just it's criminal how uh people i'm going to say even innocently i think innocently can get hooked into it you know someone just says oh just try this you know it's just oh, yeah uh, you know on I mean, a lark you know, or whatever people forever have you know gone to a party and someone does it some people slip someone something into someone's face. it doesn't mean you're an addict either no but the reality is is we we have to sit up and take it you know not take it for granted and understand that this is a really it's a, it's 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 a deadly weapon and it is out there, and we have to educate our kids on what to do, and we have to sit up straight, and 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 you you can't ignore it. If you ignore it, it does not go away. Um, I'm constantly hearing of so many people who I really care about who are losing their loved ones, who had no idea that they were taking fentanyl. That was not what they were doing, and. And there's so much shame that exists too in the in the world of addiction. It's not fair to shame anybody because addiction is a, you know, sometimes a very genetic predisposition a, a mm. disease. And you don't you're not a bad person. You have a bad disease, and we have not bothered studying it very hard. And we have to. That's all there is to it. And we have to come up with lots of different ways of treating it because it's definitely not one size fits all. Because it, it doesn't. What we have is very inadequate to help enough people. Um, you know, if something works for you, that's great. It doesn't always work for somebody else. And um, you have to, like, look at the big picture. And you have to help the most amount of people, whatever that means. We, we need to save lives. And we need to also warn people about how upsetting um, this is having, you know, fentanyl out there and, and how everything is, is laced with fentanyl and the importance of everybody carrying Narcan on them. We've done a big thing. My daughter started a charity called You Can Save a Friend, and they're they're teaching people how to use Narcan and the importance of, of doing that and having it on hand because um, people are not knowing that they're 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 taking they're not you know they're not signing up to take fentanyl but whatever they might be taking even one time uh, it it can kill them like that. Yes, and and, and thinking of the innocent lives too just quickly to mention how uh, in 
here here in Washington State, um, uh, the parents of a young child were were using fentanyl. Somehow, a pill was on the floor. The child picked it up. A five year old girl who died. That's right. I've even heard of stories and people going, little babies going to playgrounds, and people have left their paraphernalia, you know, on on a park bench or with the climbing equipment, and kids ingest, kids put things in their mouth. Yes. And it's terrifying. Um, some of these Airbnbs, I've I've heard that too, or people have gone and stayed in an Airbnb, and there's 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 a pill sitting around, and people don't know what it is. You you can't leave anything sitting around. Number one, but. Uh, we need to really be careful that um, our our kids are highly educated to the importance they can't try something once. If you try it once, there's a really good chance you're not going to live. Yes. So it's it's quite a terrifying time. It's never been so terrifying, but this is all in, coming in our country constantly, and we have to really be wise to know how to help our help everybody, help our kids, help everyone. And if anybody buys any medication that's not out of you know, a, a normal drugstore, there's there's a really high chance that it will be laced with fentanyl and you will not live. So that's that's the horrible thing that's happening. And CureAddictionNow.org, though, is really going full force to educate and to find medications to help people to... Yes, really... we are developing medicines. Yes. Um, that's what our, our whole thing is, to help stop your cravings and other ways of helping you detox easier. So you do not, hopefully... I mean, most people cannot afford to go to rehab, and even if you have good insurance, it still doesn't cover it. So it's really important that we uh, we get the word out of, of how to help people. That's what we're, we're trying to do. We're coming up with medications to help make it easier to detox and help stop your cravings. They usually go hand in hand. And uh, there's some really interesting studies that, that we have that are, that are happening. We're really excited about them. Well, I am just, again, so in awe of you and so excited for what you are doing to, to make such a difference in our world, Nancy Davis. Uh, Thank you. It's, you know, it's incredible. And again, you know, I, listening to you, you're doing what you need to do, but it's encouragement to whatever in our own lives might be there for us to do. This is an encouragement. Just follow that lead. It it really uh, impacts lives. Thank you. I I admire you for doing the type of show you do that really, you know, gets that word out too there because it's, it's super, you know, it's super important that people are encouraged to also to, to create and, and uh, to do you know, amazing things to save lots of lives. It's, it's, it's kind of a very rewarding, um, a rewarding thing in life to, to do that. And it's, it's nice for you to highlight uh, this, this work. I really am so grateful. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, there's a, uh, a reason of wanting to put out to the world, um, make it known in the universe. Good things are happening. People are doing good things. And, you know, always kind of burn that candle of hope that we can make a difference. Things are happening. Good things are happening. And so one of the really great new big things happening soon is uh, the Race to Erase MS. That is uh, both the gala uh, on June the 2nd and then the uh, event with the doctors on June the 3rd. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, with Race to Erase MS where we are. We have the most brilliant team of doctors from all over the country. 
and they're all, you know, going to meet the day of the event, and then they'll be at our gala that night um, on June 2nd. It's Friday, June 2nd, the Fairmont Century Plaza Hotel, and it's going to be really fun with Flo Rida and Saida Garrett. We have an amazing fashion show by uh, this incredible designer called Sink Asset, and uh, we're, we're very well known for having these amazing fashion shows, but they are, they're stellar. They're the most amazing uh, fashion line. Very generous, very kind, but like the, most, the coolest, best clothes for um, all ages of women. I mean, they look good on my, my young daughters. I wear them. My mother wears them. There's many generations, but it's that, those kind of amazing clothes. So we're really excited that they've partnered with us this year. So we're going to have a great fashion show. And we have a really great auction, too. We have the most phenomenal um, auction of like 450 items. A lot of things that you would never even realize that you could have the opportunity to do or buy. So we're we're super excited about that. And we're trying to cover like all the ends. And um, we also have a t-shirt campaign. So if somebody wants to buy a t-shirt, they could go on um, erasems.org and purchase a t-shirt. And thank us set the designer who's doing our fashion show just designed this you know really amazing T-shirt that will be our for our T-shirt campaign this year. We're, and uh, that's kind of what's going on. Wow, well that's a lot. And you yourself, Nancy, you are feeling well. You know what? I'm probably the luckiest person that has MS. I feel very fortunate for that, and uh, I'm I'm feeling well. So you have taken that terrible disease that people have shame around and turned it around that you're making great things happen in the world, helping others with the disease and with addictions. Well, thank you. No, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm very fortunate to do well, and I feel like there's this positive energy towards my health when we, we do these events and you see all the people whose lives are being changed. I think it's a, the, the greatest feeling to to witness like a lot of people who come every year, some people used to be in a wheelchair, now they're walking or they're dancing. And to be able to see that firsthand is such a rewarding, amazing moment. I can't think of anything better. Wow. Yes. There's no greater gift, is there, than to see that? Yes. Well, Nancy Davis, you are the reason behind so much of that, you know, doing what you had in front of you, taking that one step at a time. And I'm so grateful that you have done that. And I just so appreciate your being here and sharing your story with us. It's just encouraging and hopeful. Well, thank you so much for doing what you do, because what you do really gets the word out. And it really helps people like me doing our job and uh, letting people know what's going on. And we, you know, we always need, you know, more help doing our, our various things, raising money. And I'm so grateful for your help. It's it's incredible. So thank you so much. Well, it's it feels like the least thing that I could do, but I'm grateful that uh, that I could and that we've been able to connect today. All right. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Nancy Davis and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Greg Jantz. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. 
I now wish you and your family a day of acknowledging things that are going on and then knowing we can do something about them. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.